Matthew chapter 28. Very familiar scripture, but I, I like preaching on the resurrection. How many is thankful for the resurrection? I'm glad he got up. I'm glad he's alive. I want to preach on that this morning in chapter 28. I'll start reading in verse 1. It said, In the end of the Sabbath, it, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Now here's the text. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. You know, in my studies of the Word of God, I see the words, fear not, peers in verse 5. You'll find in the reading of the King James Version, and that's my choice, I, I'm not interested in the others. I'm not being offensive. I just like the old King James Version. And, and you'll find in the King James Version, 365 times, you'll find the words, fear not or be not afraid, appear. And I thought, boy, isn't that a coincidence? Well, I just don't think there's any coincidence with God. If there's 365 fear nots or be not afraid, I believe every morning of every Every year that we get up, there's a fear not there for us, uh, and we don't have to be afraid. Now, you look at this passage of Scripture, and you'll find that Jesus uh, had been crucified, uh, but He's now risen uh, from the dead. I was reading an article a few years back, uh, and they had discovered, the archaeologists uh, had discovered and had dug up uh, uh, the tomb of uh, Caiaphas. Uh, now, you know who Caiaphas was. He was the high priest of the day that Christ uh, was brought to trial and then later crucified. He was the, the man in charge, if you will. He was the big dog of the church, if you would allow that. But yet he turned away the very Son of God. And he had went to have him captured and tried and crucified. Well, they said they found his tomb. And they dug it up. And they were so excited about that. And they began to rejoice and have things, parties, and celebrations because they had uncovered his tomb. And then they decided, preacher, they'd go ahead and pop open and look inside. So they did that. And on that day, they opened up the tomb of Caiaphas. And you know what they found? They found a dead, decayed bones in the body of a man who was called the high priest. But just on the other side of the city, I'm telling you, there's a tomb that was uncovered. And when you go to that place, the Bible said He is not here, for He is risen. I'm glad this morning He's alive, and I'm glad He's well. Somebody said, Preacher, haven't you heard God's dead? I said, It can't be. And I said, I'll tell you this, not only is He not dead, He don't even feel bad this morning. Why, they said, do you know? How do you know he's not dead? I know he's not dead because they tell me the first thing they do when someone dies, they notify the next of kin. And you know what? There ain't nobody from heaven called me and told me that he's dead. I'm here to tell you, my friend, I'm his child this morning. So let me see. What, what does the resurrection do? 
for you and I. It assures us of some very fundamental bases of Christianity and why we live for Him. And belief now, faith and belief is a very important element of your life. For an analogy, let me explain this. Let me ask you, somebody say, well, I just don't know if I can have faith. Everybody has a measure of faith. Let me prove it to you. You got up this morning, you got up ready and got in your car and you come in here and you come in here to this sanctuary and when you got to where you're sitting, what did you do? You just sat down. Now you didn't get down on your knees and look up underneath that pew to see if me and the preacher had took all the screws out and had took everything loose and I'm afraid it would fall. You That never did even enter your mind. Why? Because you believed and you exercised faith that when you sat down, hallelujah, that pew would hold you up. Well, let me tell you, that's all you need to understand. To be saved, you must believe that God is and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So we see that belief is a very important element and the resurrection is the very foundation of which Christianity rests upon. Because if Christ be not risen, we're still in our sins and my preaching is in vain. But aren't you glad He's alive this morning? How do you know He's alive, preacher? I'm glad you asked. He's alive in spite of Good Friday. I know what they've done and I've read in the Bible where they took Him and they scourged Him and they beat Him with the cat of nine tails. They even planted a crown of thorns and placed it upon His head. They stripped Him of His clothes and beat Him. They blindfolded Him and smote Him with their hands and cried, prophesy, tell us who it is that hitteth Thee. They plucked the very beard from the face of the Lamb of God and yet He opened not His mouth and then they took Him yonder and they put a purple robe on Him and fell a mockery of knee and cried King of the Jews. Oh, He was more than just the King of the Jews. Somebody said, Who is He, preacher? Oh, one writer said He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the Lily of the Valley. He's the Bride in the Morning Star. John said He's Alpha and Omega. The beginning, the end, the first and the last. Oh, hallelujah to the one that's hungry. He's the bread of life. The one that's thirsty. He's a fountain that springs upward forever. I'm preaching on He is alive this morning. And I have that assurance because of the resurrection. I believe He's alive because the Bible said on the third day He arose. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. The tomb is empty. Somebody said, did they roll out the stone so we could get He could get out? No. They rolled away the stone so you and I could get in. I'm telling you I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm sanctified. I'm glad I'm set apart for the work of God. Hey, let me tell you something. The devil had me one time. He was mean to me. I ain't got no intentions of going back yonder. I'm headed towards a place. Paul's man, I feel preachy. Paul said, this one thing I do. Philippians 3, 10, that I may know him. And the power of the resurrection. Being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may obtain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I had already attained, but this one thing I do. I looking forward and not looking back. I press towards the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. My, somebody help me right now. Yay! Listen, my friend. He's alive this morning because I talked to him when I was getting ready. And guess what? Not only did I talk to him, but he talked back to me. 
Well, glory to God. Somebody said, I don't understand that. Oh, just listen. That still small voice will come. Oh, he's alive. Somebody said, how do you know that preacher? How do you know he's the Savior of the world? Well, I'm glad you asked that too. Because I'm fixing to tell you. John the Revelator. Can I just preach a few minutes this morning? I'm feeling so good. I can't hardly stand myself. As that brother said, he said he's seen somebody. Ask him how he was doing. He said he felt so good he'd give $10 for a headache. I don't know much about that, but I'm feeling good this morning. Yeah, listen. How do you know he's him? Because John said in the book of the Revelation, I who am your brother and companion was on the Isle of Patmos for the word of the Lord's sake. And I heard behind me the voice as a voice of a trumpet and as many waters. And I turned to see the voice which spake unto me. And when I turned, I saw him clothed with a white robe down to his feet. His hair was as white as snow. His feet as brass had burned in the fire. And his mouth was a sharp two-edged sword. His eyes was as a flame of fire. And around his paths was girded with a golden girdle. And John said, I fell at his feet as dead. But yea, listen, the old man of God said this. He laid his right hand upon me and said, Fear not, John, for I am Alpha, I'm Omega, and the beginning and the end, and the first and the last. I'm he who was dead, but behold, I'm alive and alive forevermore. Somebody ought to shout, I'm busy preaching, amen. Yea, listen to me. He's alive in spite of Good Friday. He's alive because he rose the third day. He's alive because he makes intercession for us. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, Romans 8 and 26 says, uh, For we know it not what we ought to pray as we should, uh, but the Spirit interceded with us with groanings uh, which cannot be uttered. Uh, yea, therefore, uh, if God be for us, uh, who can be against us? Uh, or if He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up uh, for us, how shall He not also freely, woo, glory to God, uh, give us all things? Uh, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Uh, it is God that died. Uh, it is God that justified, yea, rather, is risen again. Woo, bless His holy name. And therefore, I'm convinced that neither house nor deaths, principalities nor powers, a thing present or things past, shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Therefore, Job wrote it like this. Lord, it's a coming faster and I can get it out. Yea, in the verses of Job 14, He said, man is born a moment and is a few days and full of trouble. He come forth like a flower and is cut down. You're but down about verse 7 it said there is hope of a tree and if it be cut down the tender branches thereof shall not cease and though the root was sold and the stalk thereof dieth in the earth yet at the sin of water Whoop, glory to God it shall bow and bring forth buds like a plant yea man dieth and wasteth away Woo! And where is he? If a man dies, shall he live again? All the appointed days of my life will I wait for my change. He shall call my name. I shall answer him. I say, bless God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he's alive this morning. Woo! Hallelujah. Not only is he alive, he's well. Now hold it right there. This stuff's either used for building a... Putting, built, putting out a fire or building up steam. We'll see what happens. 
What other assurance do you have? Not only do I have the assurance that He is alive, I have the assurance that He is able. Ephesians 3.20 said this, For He is able to do exceedingly and far abundantly above that which we ask or think. Now most people will quit quoting it right there, but the verse don't end there. It says, According to the power that worketh in us. So what do you mean? I'm telling you, He is able. That word means this. Enough resources to get the job done. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Is that good Sarah South Carolina talk? He's got the goods, amen. And whatever you need, He's able to give it unto you. What do you mean He's able? My friend, He's able to forgive you of all of your sins. For He is the door of heaven. And He said, No man cometh to the Father except through and by me. And not only is He able to forgive you of your sins, He's able to make us His children. Amen, amen. What do you mean now? The Bible said, Therefore, if a son, as long as he's a son, he's an heir to God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. John writing in the short epistle said it like this, Beloved, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And although it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Glory to God. We know that when He appears we shall be like Him. We shall see Him as He is. My friend, He's able to forgive you of your sins. He's able to make you His child. And guess what? He's able therefore to supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. I'm telling you, He's put food in my cupboards when I didn't have no no money to buy them. He's healed my children when I couldn't have the money to take them to the dark. I'm preaching about a God that's alive and a God that's able to do everything that you need Him to do. If you'll just let His power work in you, He can do all things whatsoever thou asketh. And breatheth not, He'll give to you according to His divine presence and His wisdom. Now, let, now, now get a hold of this right here. See, there's, there's a lot of prayers I used to, I've prayed in my past that I'm glad God didn't answer them the way I prayed them. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you fellas look right over at that beautiful lady that you're with today. Look at them. Now look at them. Was that the first one you ever met? You know, I, I, I was bad. Everyone I dated, I was going to marry them. I pray God let me marry that. Lord, I'm glad he didn't answer them prayers. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying not to be funny, but it's the truth. I dated one girl, and bless God, I seen her a while back, and she's like a world fair. She's getting bigger every year. But you know that Mama said, "Son, beauty's more than skin deep." I went back about a month later. I said, "Mama, you may be right, but I've seen a bunch of them sure need skin." And Amen. Oh, now go ahead and laugh. It's all right. Go ahead and laugh. Use life and life. Now that's a funny right there, and you know it is. Hey, what are you talking? I'm talking about if God would answer my prayers uh, the way I prayed them. I'd never been married to this lovely lady for the last 28. But God knew what I needed. God was able to convince me of what I needed in His realm in my life. I say, bless God, aren't you glad that God knows what you need even when you don't know what you need yourself? And not only does He know your need, He's able to supply your need because He's God. Hold on a minute. Woo! Preach on, preacher. Amen. Now let's get to this. 
He's able to forgive you of your sins. He's able to make you his child. He's able to supply all your needs. Therefore, he's able to take me to heaven <laughs> when I die. <laughs> I'm about to get dancing in my feet. Now, they tell me if you don't move your feet, it ain't dancing. They say Baptists ought not dance. But I'm an evangelist. I preach in the church of God and everywhere else too. Amen. <laughs> I'm dancing to the right music. Amen. Somebody said, Brother, do you believe in drinking? I sure do. long as you drink from the right fountain. Amen. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, Well, you've lost your mind. Thank you for noticing. Oh, but listen. Do you remember the day of Pentecost when they was that day? must have been a shouting and a carrying on having a good hard time and the people come by and they said why they drunk Peter said Peter never did say they weren't drunk he said they ain't drunk as you suppose (laughs) oh and I can tie it up with this be you not drunk with wine wherein it's excess but be you filled with the Holy Spirit of God when the Spirit of God gets on you right real good he'll make you do things bless God that you don't control yourself but you just turn loose let go and let God have his way I see a lot of people afraid to do they want to but they're afraid to in, the, in, in, in church because they're afraid somebody's going to look at them or something I mean it don't it don't seem to bother them when the Gamecocks are playing, you know, they go to a ball game and act like a wild Comanche. Come to the house of God and sit like a wooden Indian. Bless God, this is the house of God. It's like that little grand boy went home to his grandpa and he was outside playing, having a big eyed time. His grandpa said, hey son, this is the Lord's day. You ain't supposed to act like that. Broke that little boy's heart. He walked down by the chickens. Chickens was a scratching and a clawing and having a big time. He said, chickens, quit that. This is the Lord's day. We don't act like that. Went on down to the hog pen. They's a heat and slop. You, y'all slop your hogs down here. That's what we do. I'm originally from Kentucky. See, I ain't from Ohio. I just, I'm on the foreign mission field there in Ohio. Somebody said, foreign mission field, you got to cross a body of water. I did, the Ohio River. Amen. He said, hogs, quit your slopping and chomping. This is the Lord's day. Don't act like that. Walked on down. There stood old two old Missouri mules, them long faces over the fence. And that boy stopped and said, You must got the religion grandpa's got. <laughs> you sad. Hey, I ain't sad about what I've got. I've got salvation. Let me explain something to you, by the way. Religion is probably going to send more people to hell than any one thing in the world. But God's able to deliver you from that. Now, if He's able... And he's alive. Here's the best part. I was studying on this. and Sometimes the Lord gives me things when I'm driving down the road. That's dangerous sometimes. Have you ever been in a stoplight? Does God ever visit you in your car? Huh? I, I remember here a while back I was sitting at the red light. I don't know why they call them red lights to you. They stay green as long as they do red. But they, we're negative people. You know, we, well, if I told you, preacher told me, said, go down here at this first green light and turn right and go two, through two more green lights and turn right and get back on the freeway, I'm already lost, but I, you turn into first light going back. And, but it, people look at you, but it stays green as long as it does red. So why do we call it, why do we always call it a stoplight? Kind of like that fellow said, somebody said, what's that yellow light mean? It means step on it and get through <laughs> in a hurry. Huh? 
Like that cop pulled that fellow over for not stopping at a stop sign. He just kind of rolled through it. He pulled him over. He let him go the first day. The next morning, done smack dab the same thing. Just rolled right through that stop sign, never stopped. Cop pulled him over. He said, I told you. Do you not know what that sign means back there? He said, yes, sir. He says it means stop. He said, well, why didn't you stop? He said, well, I slowed down. He said, get out of that car. He got out of that car. He said, put your hands on that hood. He put his hands on that hood. He pulled that little blackjack billy stick out. He went to dropping him right across his back. He said, now let me ask you something right now. Do you want me to stop or do you want me to slow down? There is a difference. He's alive. He is able. But now get a hold of this. The Bible says he is available. I looked that word up too. I like to know what they mean. I looked that word up, and here was one of the definitions that it said. Available means this. Ready for immediate use. <laughs> Glory yeah. to God. Some people think they got to pray for six months or do this and all that. The Bible said he is available. But all that shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The moment that you give him your whole heart, he shall be found with you. He is available. That means right now he is ready for use. If you come to him, what can he do for me? Bless God, he can do everything for you. He can save you. He can seal you. He can keep you. He can supply you. And one day after a while, he can secure you a place in heaven. And we'll get to go live there forever where it will be Valentine's all the time. Because He is available. He's available to our children. He said, Forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. He's available to His saints or His children. He's available. Amen. He's available for heathens. Think of that. He's available even for the heathen. Now, I'm not saying you're a bad person, but I'm telling you, there ain't but two kind of people. They're sinners and saints. Don't go around letting the devil... Don't, you know, don't go around whining. And, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. You was a sinner. Right. You ain't no more. So act upright. Quit your sinning. That didn't cost no extra. It, you ain't, it ain't right. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father... Somebody said, what do you do when you sin? You ought to just have a head-on collision with the altar and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me do better. And he'll do that. But he's available. Now, he's available even if you have rejected him before. He's available for you this morning. Christian, he's available even if you have neglected him. He's available this morning. So if he's alive, if you you believe it, say amen. Amen. And if he's able, and he is available, why don't we bring our needs to him? You can't fix them yourself. If you could have fixed them yourself or I could have fixed them myself, Jesus would not have had to die you got to come to Him. And I've already done that. Well, you're going to have needs along this journey. Sunday school teacher again, I'll alliterate what he said this morning. As long as there's altars in a church, lives can be altered. He can take care of your needs.
Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. They'll get a verse of invitation if you would. Piano player musicians would come. I don't know your hearts this morning. Don't pretend to be able to look inside of you. But I'm here on business for the Master. While nobody's looking around, everyone's praying. Could I ask you a simple question? Is there anybody here this morning that's not yet saved, but you don't want to die lost and be lost forever? Could I ask you to do this much? This won't save you. Would you slip up your hand and say, pray for me? Is there one anywhere that would do that much? Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to come to you. I don't want to embarrass you. God bless you, sir. Someone else? Just slip it up and say, pray for me. Is there another? God bless you. Is there another? Is there another one? Just slip it up and say, pray for me. How about it? Would you do it right now? Would you do it? Is there another lost, never been saved? Slip it up and say, pray for me. Is there someone here this morning you've been saved? But the truth of the matter between you and God, you know the relationship's not where it should be. You're in a backslidden condition. Let me tell you, first of all, God's not mad at you. God loves you. But you need to come back and say, Lord, help me. Cleanse me, Father, that I can walk close with Thee. Would you slip up your hand and say, pray for me? Is there one anywhere in this building? God bless you. Someone else. Someone else. Just slip it up and say, pray for me. God bless you. Is there another? Is there another? Quickly. Quickly. God bless you, young man. Someone else. Someone else. God bless you. Is there another? Is there another? Last question and we're going to sing. You're here this morning and you're saved. And you know that. But there's come a bump in the road. There's come a curve in life. You need God's help. Nothing wrong that you've done. You're just facing a storm. And therefore, if He's alive and He's able and He's available, you ought to bring it to Him. Would you slip up your hand and say, pray for me. God bless these hands across this building. God bless you. God bless you. Now let me ask you just before our good brother sings, those of you that slipped up your hands that you're not saved, or you're in a backslid condition, could you look up here at me just a second? God loves you this morning. He's not mad at you. He allowed His Son to die for you. He wants you to come. He wants to help you. He wants to live with you. He realizes that you need His help. Now you need to realize that you need His help every day, not just on Sunday, but every day that you live. And if you get out of your seat and come to this altar and pray, I'm telling you, God can do that. While we stand and while they sing, if you slipped up your hand, please slip out of your seat. Get down here to this place where the things can be changed. God bless you, folks. God bless you. Amen. Somebody else, would you come? Somebody else, would you come? You slipped up your hand. Why don't you come while we sing? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on. You slipped up your hand. You ought to slip out of your